But what God's going to give you in these messages we're going to have, he's going to set us free. Because God's going to go down and give us some good stuff on this. Amen. Now let's go. Praise God. Go to your Bibles in the book of Galatians now. So I want to talk about the gift, but let's talk about two other things before we get to the gift. It's called the bless and the curse. The bless and the curse. The Bible says in Galatians 3 and 10, it says that curse is everyone who does not continue in all the things that are written in the book of the law. To do them. Galatians chapter 3, verse 10. Curse is everyone. Now, this is, this is what the Bible said curses. Now, okay? Now, let, for, no matter what everyone, someone else says, curse is. The Bible says, curse is everyone who does not continue in all the things that are written in the book of the law to do them. It's saying that, that person is cursed. The curse is that you can't do them, all of them, that is written in the book. And so there it is. It's going to be against you because you couldn't do it. So he said, now that person is, is the cursed person who can't like, continue in all of them. Now what did that mean? That means that everyone fits in that bracket. Hence the reason why we need Jesus Christ in our life. Because if you can't do all that is written in the book of the law, the Bible says you are cursed. If you can't not only read them, but you got to do them. Hence the reason why we need Jesus. It's the it's reason why he came because no one could complete them. Not anyone could do them. And the Bible says in Galatians that those are the cursed ones. So here it is, Christ comes along, and God said, receive him by faith. If we refuse to receive him by faith, you remain under the curse. Because you can't do them that is written in that book. Now this is all the things that God gave Moses when he was on the backside of that mountain. And everything he added to Moses, when he came down and saw the children of Israel, not understand that God had just brought them out of Egypt, and they was going back worshiping these idol gods, and God had to say, okay, they don't understand how to serve me. They don't understand how to reverence me, so I'm going to give you something, Moses. You write them down, and you tell the people, and if you want to serve me and stay in my grace, you have to follow these laws. And God knowing what he gave Moses, they weren't going to be able to do it. So he was speaking prophetically even about Jesus coming in that day back then because he knew they weren't going to be able to do them all. But he said, this is what it takes to serve me. So here it is, Paul now writing in Galatians is saying, well, if you don't accept Jesus Christ, then here you go. The curse is still on you because you can't do what is written in the book of the law. Everybody get that now? It's something. Now, listen what it says about the blessed now. That's the curse. Here's the blessed. Found in Galatians chapter 3 verse 8. The scripture preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying this. And you, all the nations shall be blessed. 
Let's pause there for a moment. He said, in you, talking to Abraham, all the nations, which mean people groups, shall be blessed. So the way that you end up being blessed and not cursed is to be uh, in Abraham. What comes out of Abraham? He's the father of faith. That's what he brought us, the faith. How to be faithful, how to, how, how to serve God with faith. Abraham did that. He's called the father of faith. All right? So here this Paul is saying, now, the blessed are those that are blessed by Abraham. The cursed are the ones that cannot do that which is written in the book of the law. So we got the blessed and we got the cursed. Another place in Romans, it says like this. Look what Romans chapter 4 Verse 7 to 8 says it this way. Blessed are those who lawless deeds are forgiven. And whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute his sin. All right, here we go. When I mention the word blessed without giving you those scriptures, the first thing come to your mind is how much cash or money you have. Blessed. He says somebody's blessed, we all automatically think about how much money or how rich they are. They're blessed. But the Bible said here that blessed is those who lawless deeds are forgiven. Come on, somebody. I'm blessed. See, sometimes you walk to a person and you don't look like you got nothing, you know, and you say, I'm blessed. They don't understand that because they say, where's the Rolls Royce? Where's, where's the riches? Where's the money at? You're blessed. But see, I don't know what the Bible says. The Bible says, if your sins are forgiven, you're blessed. Because we understand without your sins being forgiven, what is your, the end of your life is going to be like? So when I say I'm blessed, I'm not saying I have money. It says, blessed is the man whose Lord shall not impute his sin. Which means God is not going to look at your sin and put it on you and say, you're going to have to pay for that. You're blessed because God doesn't do that. Wow. I said, oh my God, this is awesome. Blessed are the one whose sins are covered. Now, He's making reference to what it says over there in Psalm chapter 32, verse 1 and 2. But we know in our day, it went further than our sin just being covered. Our sins are cleansed. No more there. He said, now that man, that woman is blessed. So you are blessed sitting in that seat right where you are today. Because your sin has been forgiven. God is not going to ever impute sin upon you. I'm blessed. Now, Paul is saying how, how we get in that position, it says that the only way you get in that position is by faith. And that it, it, he used Abraham as an example of what it means to, to trust God by faith. He said one time Abraham was asked to take his son Isaac and sacrifice him. Now understand this now. This, this is key. Here it is, God told Abraham, I'm going to make a nation out of you. 
And it's going to start with your son Isaac. So whatever I have told you, Abraham, I'm going to use Isaac to push it forward. Yet God said to him, bring that one who the promise is locked up in and sacrifice him to me. It took faith for Abraham to bring his son on that mountain and about to slay him on that mountain. He had some kind of trust in God because the Bible says that what he believed was this, that even if I go and slay him, I have faith that God is going to raise him from the dead because he promised me that he was going to be the child of promise. He said, now that's faith. No matter what it looked like in your life and what God take you somewhere, don't let the way it looks like happening to you that that's the final slave. Because when God make you a promise, he's, he's well able to perform it. He's going to do it. He's just looking to see, are you going to have faith all the way to the end? Hello, somebody. So you got to believe that the Bible says that when you get ready to cross over, you're going to be absent from the body, present with the Lord. He said, now believe that all the way to the end. That way you can take your loved one's hand and say, praise the Lord, I'm about to go. I see y'all on the other side. And go on. Because you got faith that God is not going to, look, let you, God is going to be true to his word. No matter what it looks like. Praise God. To a child of God, nothing can take you out. The doctor may pronounce that this person has birth side, has, has, has high blood pressure or heart, but that's not what's taking you. Mm-mm. God is just receiving you because it's your time. But I got faith in God. He said, I'm going to be with him. See, he said, when you have that kind of faith like Abraham, then you come to be blessed because that's how you receive your sin being forgiven. Now, I got a few minutes. Let's, let's turn to Galatians chapter 3. I mean, yeah. Galatians chapter 3. Let me just find this on my... Now, chapter 3, this is uh, Abraham. Uh, I'm sorry, Moses, uh, uh, Paul menacing here. The word. So let me get my little app up here. So you can I get it up. Okay. So we go into Galatians chapter three. Let's go there. You get anything so far? Praise God. Okay. Chapter three, verse number. Let's go to eight. Yeah. And let's see. Can I? What can we do? Let's begin reading there. So, there it is again. Let's go. In the scriptures, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, what did the scripture do? Preach the gospel to Abraham. Beforehand, saying, and all the nations shall be blessed. In you, all the nations shall be what? Blessed. Wow. Huh? 
So then, those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Who? Those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. All right, get that now. We're talking about the blessed. Who are the blessed? The blessed are those <laughs> who Abraham has blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Are you of faith? So I'm trying to get you to see you're blessed. You are the blessed. Not the cursed. You are the blessed because you're in Christ Jesus. You are the blessed. Somebody say, I'm the blessed. See, we got to get this down because it, it will help you to understand that you're not cursed. You're blessed. He says, so then those who are of faith, how are you of faith? I mean, you believe in Jesus Christ. You receive him as Lord and Savior of your life. So you are of faith. You're not of, of the law. You're not trying to do the law anymore, all the things that they to do and don't do. You're believing in Jesus Christ and have already did all that for you, made it good for you so you can be in, in God's presence, have a relationship with him. That's where you are now. I'm, I'm of faith. Whew. Y'all get this. Say, I'm of faith. Do you know there, there, there are some large, there, there are some denominations and, 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 and sect of people who they, they believe they say, they say they believe in Jesus Christ, but they do the law. You know, they, 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 they say, we know Jesus, we accept Jesus, but they do the law. They try to follow the law. And they say, okay, when you do this, give me ten Hail Marys and say some penance. Come into confession booth and just do some stuff. That's confusion, people. You, you can't have both because the Bible just told her one is the bless, the other is the curse. There's no in between. And we try to make it work for them because uh, we love them, but it's not going to work for them because the Bible's already been written. You're either the bless or you are the curse. The bless is those that is of faith. And then when you are faithful, I mean, now he said, just like Abraham had it, you have it. That's, that's powerful now. Let's read on here. Okay. See, the law brings a curse because we, we can't do it. <laughs> now, let's go down to verse 13, I think it is. Look. Christ has redeemed us from what? Oh, no, no, no. What did it say? There? Say the whole thing. He redeemed us from the what? The curse of the law. <laughs> Dude, this is powerful. Having become a what? Curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that hang on the tree. So everyone that they crucified, the Romans, they crucified them. And in, in, in the city, when you come into the city, on the main highway into that city, they would put people on the cross. And they would in, indicate that these people all on these cross, they are cursed. 
That's why Jesus had to, they couldn't kill him on the inside of the city and leave. They had to bring him out and put him on the cross in order for his work to be complete because in that it signified that he was a curse. That's what it signified, him get on that cross. A curse because it said, curse is everyone that hangs on the tree. The hill of Golgotha, outside of the city. The Romans did it for a purpose, but they didn't know they were fulfilling prophecy when they did it. Because he had to go there. And it's telling us that here we are. <laughs> I love this. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. It can no longer be on you. Like when you miss doing something, which we all do, you're still not cursed. Praise God. <laughs> I'm saying when you miss God, you, you, you're still not cursed because he's already been on the cross for us. It's, all, it's been forgiven. He already knew you was going to do that. He went ahead of time and gave Christ to come and said, you get on there, you be the curse for them. And they don't have to get what the curse would bring. That's why I said the people are confused when they say, uh, I received Jesus, but yet they're still going, doing penance, and they're having confession of sin in a box for a man to say something to them because they didn't do it. It's confusion. And it's not of God. But here he's saying, curses everyone to hang on the tree. Right? That, here it is right here. Uh, he redeemed us from the curse of the law. For what reason? That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles who are in Christ Jesus. So, the blessing that Abraham was supposed to release is Hoover owes people lives until they, when they accept Christ, that blessing comes into their life. See, not having a curse over us qualifies us to receive the blessing that God spoke to Abraham to come into your life. What to say that? Now look. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentile, who we are, which means we, we wasn't born, we don't have Jewish heritage in our life. So you're Gentile or you're Jew. So we are Gentile. So for the Gentiles, he said that the way that the blessing of Abraham is going to come to us is by Christ having uh, redeemed us from the curse. Now that blessing is able to come upon your life. And the reason why the blessing coming upon our life is that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Wow. So here this God made a promise, right? He said, in order for you to have that promise, for you to receive that promise, you got to be called the blessed. How do I become the blessed? When I accept Jesus Christ, then the blessing of Abraham come upon me. Now I'm the blessed. Hello, somebody. I'm the blessed. And that was done so that we might. Underline the word might. You know what that means? If you don't walk in faith, then the might becomes might not. That's what it means when it says might, might not. 
All right? So we're in Christ. So here it is again. Either the blessed or the cursed. And I came out to tell you today, those that have received Jesus Christ, you are the blessed. And I'm trying to show you from the scripture how that is so. Because of what God did with Jesus, he made them the curse. Huh? So we'll never be called the, the curse. Praise God. We are called the blessed. That is beautiful. Now, the Lord showed me something as I was thinking about this. We're talking about the gift now. As I was thinking about this, and you know how sometimes we, 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 we want to tell our loved ones that are not in Christ, those that we know are not following Jesus Christ. We, we, we tell them about Jesus, and we tell them about the goodness of God. We tell them about the love of God, the goodness of God, right? But, and then we, we don't see any change in their life, though. We tell them about it. It's like they're not receiving. We don't see any change. You know what God told me to tell you? He told, talking to me too. He said, well, son, that just means you got to stop telling them. Telling them it means the gospel. Start telling them the gospel and start living the gospel. That is, that is hard. Because when you live the gospel, they're not going to like you, but they're going to receive a greater benefit of you having lived the gospel. You having lived the gospel is going to be more profitable for them than you just telling them that and not living it. Because God is going to work something through our lives to let them know that this thing is real, but you got to live it. You got to live it. Say, I got to live it. I got to live the gospel. It's being preached to you so you can live it. Remember, the Bible says that the children of Israel that came out of Egypt was preached the same word that we are preached. But it said that it didn't profit them because they refused to mix faith with what they heard. Which means they didn't do it. They heard it, but they didn't do it. He said they, they didn't go in because they refused to mix faith with that. Which means, God said it. It must be so. So I'm going to declare it and do it. I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to do it. Wow. You have to live this. So if you want to see a change in your loved one's life, just live the gospel. You, you, you do very little talking to them about it. You're just living it before them. I believe this thing. And this is what Abraham did. I wonder how Sarah felt when Abraham took the boy and said, let's go. <laughs> Y'all get that? I said, I wonder how she felt when he said, I'm going to take your only son, and we're going up there to see God. I'm going to slay him. But he lived it. And here we are today, all the better, because Abraham lived it. Somebody said, praise the Lord for Abraham. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Now, let's move on. Now, in the book of Romans there, go to uh, chapter 4 of Romans. Let's do that. I'm just opening it up for you today, okay? We just kind of open things up here. Uh, 
and we're going to get into more details as we continue on this path. Look at Romans uh, chapter 4, verse 13. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who were of the law were heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of no effect, because the law brings about what? Wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. You can't break a law if there's no law is not there. That's what he's saying. Therefore, it is our faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also those who are of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of what? Many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and call those things which do not exist as though they did. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was what? Spoken. So shall your descendants be. How did he get that? Somebody said he believed. Verse 19, here you go. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. Already dead, since he was about 100 years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was what? Strengthening in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Okay, that's enough for that. Because the point I'm trying to get to now, look. We're talking about, say, the gift. And what I'm going to be showing you, the difference between the gift and the promise. The gift and the promise. Huh. Here does God promise Abraham something. And so what did it take for it to come to pass when he promised it? Somebody said it took faith. So faith looks like it is what you need for the promise to be granted to your life. Get it? I did all that to show you. I hope you was following along. Being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to what? Perform. Abraham had to believe God, had to walk in faith, so that the promise would be granted unto him. All right? Now, we're we talking about the gift, though. See, the promises of God are yes and amen to the glory of God, right, in your life. 
So what he's saying to you is that whatever promise that you see in the scripture that God has given you, it takes faith for it to be granted to you. Oh my goodness. So all the promises in the mind, which is a, it's just so many promises from God and it's about, he's saying the only way it's going to be granted to your life is by faith. Trust in God. Hmm? I mean, it's true what God said. It's a promise. But he said the only way that it's going to be granted to you is by faith. Trust and believe him. It's not going to come because you have a need for it. It's not going to come because you cry for it. It's not going to going to come because you feel you're deserving of it. It only comes or is granted by faith in God. The only way Abraham was going to see Isaac bear children is that he had to believe God in faith. It's a promise. Right? But how many know that in order for Abraham, for Isaac to, to have children, he would first have to have a wife. And then the wife had to be able to be pregnant. So there's a whole lot there. That take, take faith for it to come to pass. It's a promise, though, from God. And Abraham said, you know, I, I, I believe God is well able to perform what he said he's going to do. So that, that's your faith right there. I believe this. If you believe it, then you're going to walk according to it. Amen. If you don't believe it, you're not going to walk according to it. That's, that's the difference right there. So let, let, let me just slow down a little bit and give you something here. Now, look. So here it is. The promise takes faith. What does the gift takes? For you to see the benefit of the gift of God, what does it take? We just understood. For you to see the benefit of the promise, it takes faith. What about the gift? What does it take from you to see the benefit of the gift? Anybody? Think about that for a moment. Think about this in Romans, it says this. In Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it says, God dealt every man, or to each man, the measure of faith. What is that? What is that? What did God just do? He gave a gift. All right? So God dealt, or he gave to every man the gift. I'm saying to you, God released the promise, but every man don't have the promise because the promise is granted only by faith. But the gift, uh, he's not asking anything of you. It's a gift. So he comes to you and gives you faith A gift, I'm asking you, 
What is required of you, if anything, now to see the benefit of what he gave you? Huh? If I say believe. Okay. You know what it takes? You know what it takes? Here we go right here. Obedience. Say obedience. See, what he gives you is already there. <laughs> it's nothing for you to do to get it. It's nothing that you need to do to get it into your life. It's already there. He gave it as a gift. Hello, somebody. And guess what? Somebody said, I didn't ask for it. Come on. Anybody here in the Holy Ghost today? So you see how the world is mixed up for Christmas? Anybody want to get this or don't want to get it? <laughs> Listen to me. It's messed up. If it's a gift, you don't even know it's coming. Somebody say, praise the Lord. God gave every man the gift of faith. Did you know that was coming? You absolutely didn't know it was coming. But God said, mm. the Bible said that God so loved the word that he what? Gave. We didn't ask for it. The Bible says that uh, God knows how to give good gifts. Thank you, Jesus. Get it? God knows how to give good gifts. I saw this and I said, oh my goodness. So here it is. What God wants you to have is an understanding of the gift versus the promise. In John 3, verse 16 through 17, listen to what it says there. Here it is. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Notice that. Hmm? He good? He gave it. So it was a gift. Isn't Jesus a gift? I'm trying to let you see that. What part did you have in that? Absolutely none. It says, for God's. So what did he come out of? Say his love. So, what we end up doing this time of year, let me end up helping us to see that if you are getting a gift from him, then he don't need your input.
I get it? <laughs> I, think, I think we missed something along the way, right? What do you want for a gift? Well, it's not a gift. You got to ask me what I want. Y'all get it, y'all get it in a minute. <laughs> because it said God, his love. See, what we got to understand sometimes is that we're not operating by love. We're motivated, we're motivated by greed or motivated by a merchant spirit, not love. When love does it, it hits you right where you say, oh my goodness. <laughs> You're going to find people on, on that day, December 25th, there's going to be a lot of packages open that day. And none of them is going to touch anybody's heart whatsoever. Why? Because it didn't come out of love. It came out of another spirit. That's how God showed me. He said, see, son, I'm telling you, it's, it's hard. You can't even find God in it anymore. It's not there. So we can't try to put him there. <laughs> if you're going to go with the merchants, go with the merchants. Don't try to add God where he's not. See, a promise, it is granted to you by faith. So I can go to word God's word and say, Father, I've seen your word. You said, you never let the righteous go begging for bread. You promised me that. So I believe that. I'm going to have all my needs met. So y'all receive his granted to me. Right? Or you could be sitting at home all by your lonesome little self thinking about Where's my next meal coming from? And God takes someone from Chicago and say, fly to Maryland. And when you get there, I'm going to give you the address to that woman. I want you to go buy her some groceries and take them in there and give them to her. That's a gift. Because you didn't even ask for it. It didn't even require any faith on your part. It's just God said, I love her so much, I'm going to fly this joker from Chicago and bless her socks off. And then, now that'll touch your heart right there. God says, son, tell the people. The gift. You know what God wants from you? He wants a gift. When we get this thing, and we're going to hit it later, when we, get, when we get this all, it's like, now you're going to be motivated. Like, oh my God, I got, I, got, I got to bring God a gift. Remember the Bible says, Ain, I mean, Cain, he couldn't get it right, but the Bible says, Abel had a more excellent sacrifice. God said, whoa. He said, God gave respect to that gift. It moves God hard. So here it is, God is looking at, 
You say you love me, but let me see what, what's going to come out of that. See, I, see, our giving that we give, when we have tithes and offering time giving, that's, that's, that's like worship. That's worship. It's a way we complete our worship. Something moves you to come into the house of God and say, you know what, I'm just going to complete this thing by, I'm going to give a what? What are you going to give? What is it called? A gift. So what does that mean? God didn't ask for it. <laughs> it's supposed to be a gift. Hello, somebody. When I saw that, I said, oh, my goodness, my Lord. How have we been missing it so much? Now, listen to this, and I'm done. Listen to what he said to Mary. Now, you're, you're going to get this different between. You know what he said to Abraham? Look what he said to Mary in Luke chapter uh, 1. In Luke chapter 1. Let's go there. Luke chapter 1. This is awesome. Hmm. Go to verse number 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent, who? By God to a city <laughs> of Galilee, Nazareth. What did he do? What did he do? He took an angel from heaven and sent him to a Pacific city. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin name was who? Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. Hello, somebody. When God's favored, you look out. <laughs> There's some gifts coming your way. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and consider what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found what? Hey, favor with God. Behold, you will what? Receive a gift. Or it says, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Emmanuel or Jesus. He sent an angel from heaven and gave her a what? Say it. A gift. I just want you to see that. Just get that part right there. I know we're talking about Jesus, but I just want to get about that. He picked out Mary for her to receive. What did Mary do? Nothing. What did she ask God for? Nothing. It was a gift. It wasn't a promise. It was a gift. It was a gift because of a promise. So guess that guess what? There's a lot of promises that God has made. Maybe he wants to use you to receive the gift because of the promise. Like he did, Mary. 
is not out of the realm of possibilities for your life. Oh my goodness. Okay, that's it for today. We're going to pick up more because we're going to be talking about giving as an act of worship. But listen, listen, listen. Let me just finish reading this verse and then we're done. He said, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he will be what? Great. And will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. That's it for today. I'm going to go into a lot of details with this. I just want to open up, hit you with it first, and we're going to go back and get the details on a lot of what I'm saying to you today from the scriptures. God is saying to you, there is a difference between the curse and the bless and the gift and the promise. And there's some things he after from your life that he wants you to begin to participate in that will cause you to have the revelation and the understanding of what he's giving you today. Okay? Praise God. That's it. Father, we give you praise and glory and honor today for this word you've given us to cause us to be able to see into the realm of the Spirit and take hold of what you're releasing for this hour. Now we give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Let's ascend it. I speak the blessing over you, my sister, in the name of